jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! You know what? Before we get to what we're going to actually talk about, I thought I should tell you that since our last episode, yeah, Lurkers has become like a Rumpelstiltskin for Oh, me. tell me more. Which, for those of, you know, the probably like one person out there who hasn't religiously read Final Girl over the years, uh, Rumpelstiltskin, the terrible film that came in the wake of the success of Leprechaun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the full-on, like, yeah. a- the the knockoff of the... Yeah, it's terrible, right? However, when it's in the past, I think to myself, Rumpelstiltskin was so good. <laughs> I have to watch Rumpelstiltskin again. And then I watch it, and I'm like, what are you doing? This is terrible. <laughs> The only part that's good is where Rumpelstiltskin is like driving a truck or something and he drives it over a cliff down a hill. And when they show it from a distance, it's clearly like a remote control truck. <laughs> going down the hill. That's the only good part about Rumpelstiltskin. And I'm like, this is terrible. I'm never watching this again. And then I turn it off. And it's like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, I love Rumpelstiltskin. It's like, Stacy! Yeah! Yeah! Come on the TV, Stacy! Yeah, so if some stranger were to come up to me, well, I don't know why they would, but if it was like me coming up to me and talking to me for no reason, and they were like, what do you think about Rumpelstiltskin? I'd be like, you have to see it. It's great! It just keeps happening. I don't understand it. And, but that's what's kind of happened with Lurkers. Like, at this point in time, all I think is like, God, Lurkers was great. At this point in time, all you think is how great Lurkers <laughs> Yeah, I haven't bathed. I've forgotten how to eat. I'm so hungry. Because the well, only thing I think of is how great Lurkers was. Then I have done my job. And today, an angel gets her wings. <laughs> But I know what'll happen is if I like talk to my friends and I'm like, oh my God, you, lurkers, you have to see lurkers. I know that within five seconds of putting it on, I'd be like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> I say, I say, just like how I, I called, you know, uh, in our New Year's episode or something, I said, you know, 10 years from now, Suspiria will be a legend and people will love it. Everyone will love it and we will be vindicated. I give it like six months before you have the lurkers poster above your bed. <laughs> the Lurleen's poster. The Lurleen's poster, and we're quoting those those Susie Orman finance ladies every that's day. That's true. See, that's what I think about. I think about only the good stuff, and there are some movies where I just think about only the good stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it had some good moments. But something about Rumpelstiltskin and now lurkers, I'm like, the whole thing has been transformed. 
See, I'm fully, I'm fully in love with Lurkers uh, for what it is. Like, I, I celebrated our episode by patting myself on the back and buying the Blu-ray. <laughs> wow! Uh, yeah. Oh, I love this movie. I, I have nothing but, but joy with it. Uh, so it's a, it's a thing, you know. It's, it's, it's lur- Lurkers. Lur- everything's coming up, Lurkers. Everything's coming up, Lurlings. <laughs> Lurlings. <laughs> When wow. you were saying, when you were saying, uh, if someone were to come up to you, I thought you were going to say, and then if someone were to come up to me and start saying, and there was a man with a mallet and a chicken, <laughs> and then there's a, a genderqueer street gang. I'm not, does anyone know where the phone is? Why does it take so long to call 911? My brother's a homosexual priest. <laughs> no, thank you, Dr. Ruth. No, thank you, Dr. Ruth. <laughs> God, keep yeah. your hot water bottles tucked away elsewhere. <laughs> like, I don't know if I should just keep it in my mind. Because, you know, now I'm like, I think about when you mentioned the whole no thank you, Dr. Ruth, and like that era of weird sexual feminism for women, like the Helen Gurley Brown era of cosmopolitan, yeah. you know? So I'm like, wow, Lurkers was a big statement. of, And I know that it like wasn't, but in my mind, it's become like this really great movie that everyone has to see. So I'm trying to like rein myself in lest I unleash another Rumpelstiltskin on the world. See, this is me sitting in my house making VHS tapes of Lurkers so that the, <laughs> so that the curse will pass forward. And I won't be trapped in the the brownstone for the rest of my life. Right, and you're holding my hand and making me push the record button. Yeah, I'm like, don't you see, Stacy? (laughs) It will never stop. (laughs) Lurleens. Lurleens. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's so good. I still think, you know, Roberta Findlay was an exploitation queen and I have to say, she created a little, a little mythos of one's own that was entirely stolen from the Sentinel. And yet, <laughs> yeah, that was, I think that was her passion project. And I think it shows in, the, in, in between long sequences of calliope love music. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, Is there a commentary, uh, a commentary track or anything on the Blu-ray? Uh, I, I don't think there is. Okay. It's a fancy Blu-ray, but it's a double disc, so it's it's Lurkers and then Primeval was another movie she did. Mm. And it, I remember it has the trailers. I'm not sure if it has the... Mm. I should pay more attention to the things I purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. I mean, you love it so much you don't care what else is on it. I don't care. I just need, I just need to see that. You need that. some high def... I hot need some water bottles. HD cello. Yeah. <laughs> HD hot water bottles. HD Rita. HD Lurkers. HD Lurleans. It is the. <laughs> oh, it's the shit. I yep. love that movie. Man. You know what I watched last night that I can't wait for the Blu ray is I watched Superstition. And I know we're going to talk about <gasps> Superstition. Especially with that Blu ray coming out. Which yeah. also. I just have to thank the universe for knowing every single time I go on Amazon Marketplace drunk and and fueled by weed juice at three in the morning and I <laughs> and I say, oh, lurker or not lurkers, superstition. See, lurkers, it's always on the it's mind. Always, it's always lurking. It's, it's right there. Superstition is out of print. Oh, look, there's a DVD on Amazon Marketplace used for $35. Mm-hmm. I will purchase this. 
every time a month later there's a blu-ray release announced right after i do that yeah i mean granted although i am such a super fan i have had that dvd of superstition for years now yeah but it did it did just happen with uh national lampoon's class reunion which is a great slasher movie if you have not seen it is it oh it's hilarious hmm. i'm not usually into hilarious but uh <laughs> That sounds like you, <laughs> my my walking vaudeville um, cartoon. Boy, I'm call me Mrs. Mac. Oh, I slipped on a banana peel. My bloomers. Uh, yeah, so we're watching Superstition last night, and I've got a DVD that a friend recorded from me from her VHS copy. That's beautiful. So, and also, so what a mo- shame that the movie is so hard to find. Yeah, well, that's what we were saying last night is like, it's too bad that this is the only way you've ever seen it. And there was so much last night that happened in the movie, and we were both like, oh, I can't wait until April because I wonder what just happened. <laughs> because the coffee is so dark that like there's no backgrounds her hand like you can't really see her hands and all this and so we're like "Ooh, what just happened i don't know we'll find out in april yeah that's hilarious yeah Yeah, right as something's about to happen insert haze insert vhs haze yeah it's so bad like there were times when the screen was almost completely black but you know that there was like a person standing there so basically listeners Keep your earballs peeled, whatever that means. For that's disgusting. That's <laughs> really. Is. I'm sorry. I have to leave. <laughs> so do I. Ooh. <laughs> the call <laughs> has been. <laughs> your call cannot be completed. Has time. Yeah. I don't know why they still chose to upload it, even though it's just an hour of dial tone. <laughs> It's an art pro. It's an art statement. Yeah, we're so, conceptual, Dad. Yeah, you don't get it. <laughs> Shut up, old man. Yeah, so the point is, in April, we're proud. We're gonna do a superstition episode for sure. Well, Stacy is just calling the shots now. That's right. Choo choo! I'm driving this train, Mister Conductor over here. <laughs> yep. I mean, it'll be like seeing the film for the first time in a way. It honestly will be. I can't imagine watching this movie in crisp, brisk HD. Uh, God bless. Is it Shout Factory? It's is Shout Factory, it? yeah. Which means yeah. it'll be like $200, but that's fine. That's, that's fine. Sometimes yeah. a DVD, this film is worth $200. I'd say there are two movies oh, yeah. that, are, that are worth that, and it's it's Superstition and Suspiria. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, like, both... Uh, perfect perfect wishes yeah and superstition oh it's superstition and people are finally going to get to see it because it's been so hard to find and finally everyone will understand everyone will understand how good it is and why we're always talking about this film that nobody has heard of it's so good it's so good yeah it's it's kind of nice nowadays because there's so many boutique like blue blu-ray labels that are putting out all this stuff but sometimes I'm just like, do I need to upgrade my copy of Valentine? Oh. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I have it on VHS that I got for like a dollar and there's a collector's edition Blu-ray coming out and, and I was like, well, maybe. And then I saw that it's going to be like $39.95. And I'm oh like, my God. I'm like, fuck no. Do I, do I need a 4K steelbook edition of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of the faculty? <laughs> right. No. Probably. Oh, well. <laughs> oh. Well, you do you. You know, and I just saw they had just announced um, Green Inferno, which I've never seen. And I'm not really into, well, first of all, obviously, I'm not into Eli Roth. However, I was thinking about it as I saw the announcement. And I thought it might be interesting to write something or do a show or something or like address, excuse me, the line of like xenophobia that runs through all of his films. But then I realized I would have to watch all of his films. You would have to watch Green Inferno to write that. Like, yeah, I know. No, and there's a great piece in there. And I'm I'm surprised. I mean, one, I'm like, come on, horror fandom. Why did you Why do you support this guy? Especially making that movie. Yeah. Because um, it's like, we just don't need that story anymore. I'll, like, also, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not here for Cannibal Holocaust for any of those films. No. Um, and... I don't understand people who are. I think that fa- you fall in just the the undiscerning gorehound camp if you're mm-hmm. if you're there for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't. It's it's just too much. Yeah. Well, well, to be, uh, you know, one. I don't know what I'm trying to say. The point is, all the comments under their announcement were like, "Are you kidding me? This movie is terrible." really that's great yeah like almost every comment was talking about how terrible it was and just they were disappointed even for eli roth and just how bad it was that's funny see i that that gives me hope right exactly (laughs) yeah but i was like man there's a good paper or something in there but i don't know that i want to do the work for it somebody else could do it i hadn't thought of that either yeah because hostile it's it's just scary eastern europeans seducing american people and torturing them yeah Yeah. huh and it is profoundly xenophobic Mm -hmm. huh wow Hmm. but who who wants to watch hostile nowadays you know i know gosh it's almost like eli roth was like tarantino's coked down intern for too long (laughs) i've never seen i love the soundtrack for cannibal ferox got a great soundtrack no i've never seen it i mean those italian soundtracks those they're Italian all great. Yeah. yeah, they're wonderful. They're all wonderful. I did see Cannibal Holocaust when I was like 13 because I was like 13 and my best friend and I used to, she lived up the street from a video rental store, which was right next door to a pizza store. So we would go get videos and pizza and we, it was like we were 13, 14. So we rented all of the like nasty shit. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to do that. At that Faces age. of death. Oh Stuff that I would never want to watch now, <laughs> you yeah. know, but yeah. when you're that age, yeah. How many animals did you see get killed over pizza? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I didn't like that stuff even then. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like Cannibal Holocaust, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. Maybe it belongs in the horror canon. I'm not sure. Just for, as a like revolutionary found footage film, maybe. Oh, I mean, not for the content itself, but that's the thing format? is it's, it's it's part of the culture. It's, uh, you know, it's not going away. It's there. It's just like, do I hate it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and I guess also like, hmm, 
I guess the thing that begrudges me the most. Well, one, I'm not I'm not happy with the animal murders, especially yeah, that turtle. Sure. Yeah. But the greatest offense of the film is that droning soundtrack that was stuck in my head for like weeks <laughs> after I saw the movie of just like a constant droning whatever however it went the whole movie yeah drove me insane but yeah yeah yeah, i'm like yeah i'm grateful for these new blu-ray releases right even if i don't always need them because it's amazing to see like like to see lurkers in like crisp pixels they took the time to restore that shit you know yeah yeah somebody is out there just being like hey mom can you hand me the transfer plate like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh i'm gonna boot up a jpeg because <laughs> that's how they do it and i'm grateful for them yeah and sometimes like because... they, they get they do like track people down to interview them for special features and sometimes that's really cool yeah well it's like and and you know it's it is nice because it's it's the fans that are now driving the marketplace yes um which is which is horrifying in the case of things like halloween or mandy but then it's uh it's a great when it comes to media and vh like vhs when it comes to my new vhs releases (laughs) when it comes to to home video releases like it's uh really wonderful because then we end up with the stuff that people have been wanting to see forever right um restored and crisp and yeah yeah still some glaring omissions though where's my let's scare jessica to death this is true. Yeah, there are some that's shocking that aren't released yet. Where's the haunting of Julia? I don't. That never even got a DVD release. Rude. Rude. So where's elves? It's a hate crime. Yeah, where's elves? I've never even seen that. I haven't either. But I saw the VHS copy at the video store, and I thought it looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a VCR? I do. Mm-hmm. Me too. I could rent it, but then I'd have to put the cords into the back of the TV, and sometimes who's got time? You gotta put the cords in the TV. Oh God! Why don't I just kill myself? That's the right solution. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'll get to go watch Beverly D'Angelo finger herself. (laughs) Good times. Good times indeed. Well. <laughs> I guess we should talk about what we're here to talk about. You know what, Stacy? I'm tired of this control freak to side taking over. Well, <laughs> you know what happens is that I look at the record time. And see we're 20 minutes we're in. We're 20 talking, minutes in. Talking about talking, Blu-rays. I don't know. Do people like let's put up an internet poll. Do people like a 20-minute introduction about other things? <laughs> Do people just want us to fucking get to the point? <laughs> I <laughs> Because everything I read about podcasting in all of my pod, I have, I went back to school and I'm minoring in podcasting. And with a major in TV VCR repair, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, a double major, TV VCR repair and air conditioner repair. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And I'm minoring in podcasting and everything I'm told <laughs> is just get to the point. Get to the point. And so I try to remember that. And then I hit record and I'm like, you know what I was thinking yesterday? <laughs> I'm going through my coupons, okay? Yeah. And-, <laughs> and it got me thinking about this movie I saw eight years ago. <laughs> Let's talk about that. 
I like to think of it. We are, you know, we're both artists. This is a very um, conceptual, as we said earlier, kind of sort of endurance based podcast (laughs) where we're we're negotiating praxis and and so forth. So that's true. I think that is the way we should promote ourselves is that (laughs) Gaylords of Darkness is something to be endured. <laughs> we I only mean, for, do. Well, first of all, it's honest advertising. It is. It is. <laughs> it really is. We only do interviews in in black goggles and berets and and black leather. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just well, if you don't have the time for it, you simply cannot understand it. Exactly. And we don't have the time for you. Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're talking. We're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, well. <laughs> what are we talking? Oh yeah, lesbian vampires. Of which there are thousands of lesbian vampires. Well, there's thousands of just just queer vampires in general. Yes. That. Well, that's the distinction. You see, is as someone who has watched quite a few lesbian vampire movies, although that's the name of the subgenre. Very few of the films are they actually lesbians? It, is it more like it's more tinged it, or erotic? it's more tinged? They're more bisexual vampires. I don't know if that was just some films making it more palatable for an audience at the time. Hmm, mm-hmm. But some of the they just will seduce men and women both, which is fine. It just means that the word lesbian is not accurate. Well, and that actually that happens in one of these films, but it's definitely more. Uh, it's still more lesbian centered. Right. Well, these films, it would be three, but Anthony neglected to watch The Blood Spattered Bride. I ruined it. <laughs> He's ruined the entire show. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm here. I'm so sorry, Stacey. It's all right. Are there innocent men in podcasting? <laughs> you Wait, are not team? one of them. Are they get shit? <laughs> <laughs> Because we've got, it would be three films, 1970, 1971, and 1972. We're talking. Oh no, I shook up the numbers. You shook up the numbers. We're talking about 1970, The Vampire Lovers from the UK, starring Ingrid Pitt, Hammer Production. The UK? From the UK? What's that? <laughs> the United Kingdom? Where the lezzies are celebrating St. Swithin's Day. <laughs> A steak and kidney pie. <laughs> I'll come right down, Governor. <laughs> 1971, Daughters of Darkness. Oh. I had a feeling that would be your reaction to that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and 1972 is the Blood Spatter Bride, but we're probably not going to talk to that, but I might mention it because it does fit in with these other two films quite well. If you're I think looking you should... for a trio. Bring it up as it comes and goes, and and then we'll just constantly reference my failure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the main point. <laughs> that is the main point. That's the main point. Yeah. But anyway. in, 
in jumping into this, I was, I was really shocked because, and I was, you know, this actually, I had this thought when I was programming this year of queer horror and I was trying to think like, oh, do I want to do a theme this year? What if I do vampires? And I was like, well, are there enough like queer vampire films? And then I realized every single one of them is to some extent. Right. Yeah. It's like all the way down from the beginning, like Nosferatu and Dracula and Dracula's daughter. And then as we went on, there's like the the Hammer films, these lesbian vampire films, Daughters of Darkness, Vampire Lovers, Vampiros Lesbos, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then we get in The Hunger and Fright Night and Fright Night 2 and uh, Interview with the Vampire and The Lost Boys and Let the Right One In. Every single vampire movie is gay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I, 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 we couldn't get into why that is. I mean, if you want to go back to the source material, I mean, Carmilla came out alongside Dracula. It was a little bit before <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it, the queerness has been in the genre from the very beginning. I'm going to ask a really obvious question. Answer. Mm. Question. Answer. Is Sheridan Lefanu wrote Carmilla, right? Yeah. Is it, are they, where in the gender spectrum do they identify? Uh, <laughs> to, to use terms that did not exist for them. I don't, I haven't actually researched that. I believe Sheridan Lefanu was male. Yeah, and that's I, I identified I was... as such. That's, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Sexuality, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know. I've consu- with Carmilla, I've like consumed the material itself, but I haven't like done a deep dive on everything that surrounds it. Yeah. There's a lot of it too. I mean, it seems yeah. almost almost as prevalent as Dracula in popular media too. Mhm. Have you seen the There's like a Canadian web series or Uh, I tried. Yeah. Bless them. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I just, I don't know that I, I can't what, I mean, you know, a web show about millennials. Stacy, what about that? Not to be ageist, (laughs) but I don't know. It's it's geared towards a younger audience. Do you know what I mean? It's just not really for me, but it has a very big following. Is it like Degrassi, Carmilla? A little bit, but like amateur Degrassi. Oh, uh-uh. No. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would watch Degrassi Carmilla any day. They're like college students, I think. Like, I don't know where it is now, but like when I was watching it, like that was the whole thing is it was like college students and blah. So people love it. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, I, I heard an interview with them on a podcast. I don't remember which one. And it, it sounded cool. Yeah, maybe it is. I To be fair, <laughs> I only tried it for like five minutes. <laughs> so... <laughs> It could be great. I don't know. But millennials in college and their vampire, that's... Mm. Yeah, I mean... Because that's the other, I think... Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, it doesn't... It's not necessarily a knock on its quality. It's just not for me. Well, and I think that's the appeal of so many of these films, and especially of this, this like, subgenre within a subgenre, is there's such a heightened gothic um, classic feel to them. Yes. Like there, it's very Hammer adjacent. Like the Vampire Lovers is a Hammer film, and it's very, it has that like that sort of pageantry of the set design and the costumes and the like 
stilted like partially stage acting partial camera acting yeah well they're european like these three these three films in particular that's the word i was looking for european you know like i mean like uh daughters of darkness is very much is like art house meets grindhouse Yes, it is. Oh my! God. It's amazing, right? <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't wait. It's amazing. To talk about and if you like Hammer films, you know, give me a fucking castle and a diaphanous gown and women like with their big eyes, like oh my! And then there goes a horse and a carriage. Like if you love those kind of gothic Hammer films, you can't go wrong with the Vampire Lovers. It's fantastic. That opening scene of the vampire running around with that shroud mm-hmm. over her was so like in her her lilac buto fantasy <laughs> yeah. it was like simultaneously gorgeous and like and spellbindingly shot but also like horrifying yes absolutely like that actually scared me it was just the image of that the specter in the in the shawl yeah like they're foggy oh. graveyards you know that kind of thing if you want that sort of vibe because they're just there it's a it's a very un-american subgenre you know I, yes. I mean the hunger i know that was directed by tony scott is it an american film though or was it i don't know uh, i'm not oh, a yeah, huge fan of the hunger to be honest he's british i i love the hunger um but i i don't like a lot of things about it yeah <laughs> I number like one susan sarandon's hair i don't like <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Susan Sarandon. Number two, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> post-2016. Yeah, yeah. Number three, Catherine Deneuve, post-2016. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I've never, like, that's, I know that that's one that's cited as a big favorite, but it's not a big favorite of mine. Well, here's the thing. You put Bauhaus in an opening scene and little goth Anthony is going to be like, yeah, mom, <laughs> it's called music, Look it mom. Up. Yeah. Hey, they're not daggers. They're called onks. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, give me that. Yeah. Give me the Daughters of Darkness. Like, may, like, just wash over me with your European bullshit. Oh, and watching Daughters of Darkness. I mean, it only predates the hunger by like a little bit over a decade. Right. Yeah. But um, it's so it, these it's so funny to see sort of I mean, they in a way they're all telling the exact same dracula carmilla like the formative core of those two stories right, you know? yeah it's just the same thing over and over and over again in every one of these movies from from nosferatu all the way to only lovers left alive with tilda swinton you yeah know? it's it's always the same thing but like it's but in terms of that 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 overbearing almost pretentious super gothic uh super erotic vibe like daughters of darkness in particular like i i see so much dna for the hunger and for every vampire movie that has come after it yes in that film mm-hmm. um so it is kind of amazing i'm really happy we went back to watch these because i yeah i definitely got some some joy it sparked joy as marie kondo would say <laughs> Well, I think the for me the best whether it's a straight up like lesbian vampire movie or purportedly straight vampire movie or whatever. The best ones have like a nice triangle where each point is like eroticism, romance and horror. Yes. When those three things are in really great balance, you get a fantastic film. Yes. 
You know, it's when you whack one of them out of order that things kind of fall apart. So, I don't know. I mean, Hammer films, like you had Ingrid Pitt on one side as Carmilla and you had Christopher Lee as Dracula on the other side. And I'm like, Hammer, you're not doing a great job at creating monsters. Like, who doesn't yeah. want to like sleep with these people? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Haven't you heard? Vampires is the new supermodel, say it. <laughs> yeah. Like, vampires aren't monsters. They're like hot people, I guess, that are really se- sexy. And see, when I was younger, I thought Anne Rice was like sort of the one responsible for turning vampires into this oh, wow. sexy thing. Yeah, because I hadn't seen these films. Um, and it, it, it definitely, you're so right. It's definitely like, I mean, it, well, even that started with, with Bella Lugosi and Dracula. Right. Um, because yeah. for for some some people with transatlantic accents back in the day, they thought that that he could get it. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's so funny to see, especially I think especially Ingrid Pitt and Christopher Lee made that happen. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you've got it's like with vampires, you've got on one side you've got the monstrous that look monstrous. You know, you've got your Nosferatu and your Mister Barlow and mm-hmm. things like that. And then on the other side, you've got the ones that get in with their sex appeal. Because you have to invite them in, right? That's the thing. Yeah. So how else are they going to get into your boudoir? Oh, it's like, and that's a whole thing about consent. It's like, uh, right. it's consensual while not. Wow. Right. That goes, yeah. that's deep. It's real deep. Real deep into baby. my boudoir? Into my boudoir. That's <laughs> that's what I say to all my suitors. These women are in boudoirs. Are you kidding they me? They are in boudoirs. They are in boudoirs <laughs> in their diaphanous nightgowns. God, just give me a foyer and I'm there. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Ah, which one should we talk about first? Well, I kind of want to save Daughters of Darkness. Yeah. Just because it's... I had a feeling you would like it. Oh, and, and I'd I had have a, a new role model. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you... <laughs> You know exactly we are on the same page. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, <laughs> mother sends regards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. let's go. Let's go chronological and, and, and kick this train into gear with the vampire lovers. Vampire lovers. Ingrid 1970. Pitt. 1970. And that was a turning point in horror because horror was beginning to like Grindhouse was beginning to be a thing and horror was really moving towards the explicit. And so the vampire lovers was like ham- the first hammer production that really kind of embraced that. I was going to say, so I have seen, I have not seen a lot of Hammer films. I have seen shamefully much less than I want to have seen. Yeah. Um, I've seen the Christopher Lee Draculas. I've seen, you know, Kiss of the Vampire, Captain Kronos, um, a couple others. But like the thing I, there's this idea of Hammer. And then there's what actually happens when you watch a Hammer movie from the (laughs) sixties. They're really, they can be slow. They can be slow. You're like, where's the blood? Where's the boobs? Like, right. <laughs> they there's... they insinuated more than they showed until the vampire lovers. And I was shocked watching <laughs> the vampire lovers and seeing one, uh, some big old boobs, and then a big <laughs> old decapitation, blood. The vampires actually had fangs. Like yeah. seeing, there was a lot happening in this movie yeah i mean it still feels explicit and it was super explicit for the time when it came out and, and the, the lesbian content is explicit which oh it's was also... so 
And it's, I mean, is it filmed through a male gaze? Nah, probably. Um, but it is, it is shocking how present the lesbian, the sapphic content is, right? Like, right. Like I was, I was thinking watching this and not to, not to be the, the homosexual who compares, but I was like, <laughs> I don't think there's ever been like a a gay male sort of version of this. Like Right. And I don't think there could be because it, that's just too much for culture sometimes. Yeah. I but think... Vampire Lovers just takes it up to like 11. Mhm. Mhm. And I think while it does stick to the you know what happened to queer characters in films at the time, especially like lesbians are not going to get a happy ending. No. Never mind undead lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not going to get your happy ending. But I think, like, Ingrid Pitt's performance and the way they frame that character is, like, the whole movie was also very sad. It was. It was. And her face, her beautiful, expressive, perfect face was so... Her eyes, she conveys so much yeah. pain in them. Like, she just wants a girlfriend. Yeah, she does. But she also is, is so bad at moderating that blood drinking. I know, I know. She can't help. She gets extra bitey. I yeah. mean, I probably would be too if I couldn't tell if my name was Marcilla or Carmilla or Mercala. Mercala, Lacrimarum, like. Lacrimarum, Mark Lurkler. Yeah, all the anagrams. Also, <laughs> her grave i was staring at it and i was like wait she has another name and then i was like wait her name is mercala kornstein <laughs> kornstein Karn- it was Karnstein. a fancy fancy gothic a i'm only calling her mercala kornstein and i just imagine she was that kid who used to be homeschooled who shows up and they say her name in attendance <laughs> everyone laughs at her yeah or that's that's just not my name yeah that's the way the teacher mispronounces it but she's too shy to correct her i that's we need the prequel where it's (laughs) mercala in the inner city school system right see this is why i cannot be an undead lesbian vampire because my name doesn't have that many anagrams you yeah there's no alucarding um stacy (laughs) tacy's Ron, what what would ponder rondop ron pond red knop red knop <laughs> hello the countess red knop who see a peep at me bloomers <laughs> and they just shut the castle door <laughs> oh i'll never find a lady <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't that a movie <laughs> why, is it, why isn't there a movie about the not suave lesbian vampire who's next door to Carmilla Hello? <laughs> and she just tries so hard <laughs> she just tries to seduce <laughs> She's just so Everyone just keeps shutting doors on her. <laughs> yeah. Can I come in? Uh, I'm afraid not. No. <laughs> Have a good night. I'm Quick. not again. <laughs> oh, blimey! <laughs> Eventually, I just drive a stake through my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> just get 
advice, you know, don't bust out the fancy of peep at me bloomers until the end of the date. <laughs> yeah, the end of the date is the, the best. The end of the date. Don't start with that. Yeah, never lead with the bloomers. <laughs> No. <laughs> save it for save it for after everyone has thought they had a good time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> save it for last call, honey. There's <laughs> some dating advice. We are a multi-purpose podcast. We are. We're dear Abby. We're everything. Exactly. Oh my god. Poor Carmilla. Poor Carmilla. Merlarka. She she just wanted a lady friend. That's it. She does. And she goes, I I, I was kind of, I kind of couldn't believe that. I I thought, you know, the first woman in the film, she's going to form this like, you know, like we see in The Hunger or in Daughters of Darkness or in any movie after that. She's going to form that preternatural bond, right? And like be alongside that one character throughout the film. And in this, she's a little bit of a serial monogamist. Yeah. It feels, it's like she falls in love and then she's like, let's, I'll keep biting you. And then they die. And she's like, God damn it. (laughs) Now I gotta go find someone else. Yeah. Yeah. She's not, she's not learning anything from. It's true. (laughs) It's true. But then there's that uh, Mademoiselle Peridot, the teacher, whatever she is, head of the household. Uh, AKA who, when I realized who that was, I screamed. (laughs) Kate Mara. <laughs> I cannot believe. Oh my God. Oh my God. She does. <laughs> She's Patsy's sister from absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my mind melted because I've only seen her as Jackie yeah. on, Ab- on Abfab. And I was like, Jason. And he's like, huh? What? He's like half asleep. And I was like, <laughs> Look. <"It's> Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I love the the moment where like uh, Carmilla puts the brooch on her. Oh and, my god! And then Mademoiselle Peridot's like, "Oh fuck, I'm gay!" Yeah, like she's, she's like, instantly gay. <laughs> she is like, it's on. She is she, in it to win it. After that, she, she is she is Shivo staring at that balloon, and that balloon is Carmilla. <laughs> it is. It is. It is happening. Yeah. So then you're like, Carmilla, just go with her. She's dedicated. You don't have to fight for it. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just keeps fucking shit up. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a sad ending. The whole thing is sad, but. It is. You know, it's a great movie. I loved the, um, there were some wonderful parts, like, cause it, 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 it definitely straddles that sadness and that beautiful tone with the hammer imagery while also being a bit long and, yeah. um, has some unintentionally funny things that I also really enjoyed. Like, um, that catatonic lesbian sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which was, you know, pretty heavy duty for the time, but it is very, like, it's always interesting to, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but when it's, like, two actresses who are obviously not gay and who are marginally uncomfortable with what they're doing. To the point that one of them just has her hands up by her head and is staring at the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then it's like, how much of a trance is the character supposed to be in versus, you know what I mean? Like, they're they're under a spell. But then it just turns into, like, someone not really kissing, but just, like, pressing lips 
to, bo- to bosoms <laughs> repeatedly while the other one kind of sta- like focuses on a point beyond the room they're in. As she's just yeah. practicing her uh, geometry as she's yes! staring at that point <laughs> off in space. She's just <laughs> trying to remember to breathe while That's this like is we, happening. We talk a lot about um, like the Brokeback Mountain kiss where it's like two straight men when they have to have like a love scene. They just smash their faces at each other yes. as hard as they can. Yes. The men do it like much more, you know, smashy. It's just like, just ball your lips up real tight and then just smash, smash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus this is like the softer, sort of more feminine it's a version. It's a press yeah. versus a smash. It is a, it's a press and press and stare at ceiling and press. <laughs> yeah. Or like the hand moves over the breast and it's kind of like wiping fog gently from a windshield. <laughs> You know, rather than like actually touching it, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to wipe this off. And you hear like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'll just pretend I'm polishing the counter. I go. could, I could see this, uh, if it if it had any more like passion on that, I, I'm sure like the British people would have was, just exploded. It was 1970. Like, yeah, because this is it's wild. Like it's still beyond where we're at today. I think. Yes. Um, in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and it's like got a romance to it, partially just because of the set dressings and the time period that it's supposed to be and all that that gothic feeling. But yeah. you know, Carmilla's allowed some romance. Yeah. I liked I liked that th- they definitely did not hide it. That was not it wasn't coded even. It was it was just all out there. Right. Just like those bubes. Just like <laughs> all the bubes. All the bubes. And it was, you know, lesbian, which for 1970 is crazy. But yes. for Emma to be like, I want a man to come and Carmela's like, ew. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Like, the only men she quote-unquote seduces or bites are, like, just to get them out of the way versus, like... Yeah, just to deal with them. Just to deal with them, yeah. That that horrible dude. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, the lesbian vampires are just lesbians... And if there is a if there is a man that they're after, it's that beautiful gentleman Gustav, that gray <laughs> kitty. No kidding. I like it with all the scenes that were supposed to be like a shape-shifted Carmilla coming to them yeah. in their dream. It just looks like they're getting humped by a book of <laughs> carpet samples. <laughs> it's like supposed to be a cat, you know? The swatches! The swatches! Oh, I dreamt of swatches again! The swatching. <laughs> I dreamt of swatches again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't complain about this film, though, you know? It was good. It was good. Ingrid Pitt's, Ingrid Pitt's a revelation. I liked, I loved her. Um, she's She is British, right? Uh, yeah, by way of Germany, I think. Oh, okay. Because I was, I was curious. I, I think. You know, I'm just so, I'm just so new at this that, like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure where she's from. Um, <laughs> and I, I loved her, even, like, her line readings with that accent that she had. Or, yeah. I don't know how much of it was put on, but it was just yeah, so, so great. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was like if Svetlana from Shameless was a vampire every now and then. <laughs> I, was, I was really excited. 
Yeah. I mean, and kudos to her for like playing that role. Like at that time when you still have like even nowadays, I think there are actors who like don't want to play gay. Oh, oh, for explicitly playing gay in 1970 is to be lauded, I think. And for playing predatory gay. Nothing better. AKA the only kind. The only kind. (laughs) I did also find myself wanting, um, because after a while I started, I think I was staring at their noses, at her nose. And I was like, (laughs) oh, this is going somewhere. I swear. But I was like, I kind of want to see, I could see Kristen Wiig doing a comedy version of Carmilla. <laughs> and oh. I, I would be so happy to see that. I'd be into that. Come on, bring back the lesbian vampires. Make it a modern day parody of right. the gay quotient. Put Kristen Wiig in it. It'd be great. Yeah. Never enough lesbian vampires, as far as I'm concerned. Or gay Never vampires. Enough. And let's have the gay dude vampires. Like, let's do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Anne Rice so, Vampire Dave Chronicles Ducudo, TV show. Dave DeCudo must have done something, right? I'm sure it's terrible, but... Oh, I mean, yeah, like what? G- gay Vampire... Or Straight Vampire Academy full of gays. Yeah, <laughs> part, exactly. Part one. Yeah. <laughs> All the vampires are allergic to shirts. <laughs> <laughs> the only cure is more oil. <laughs> yeah. Like, he must have something, but... We can't still rely on Interview with a Vampire, can we? I think, like, is that the only, I mean, besides Fright Night and, yeah, Interview, are there, what was the last lesbian vampire movie? Was it? There have been some in, in like, the last 10 years, but they're very, I mean, they're like Dave DeCuto movies, you know? Yeah. Was it Girl Walks a Home at Light, a Home Alone at Night? Was No, she was a straighty. I need to watch that again. I can't remember. It's, a, I, it's fine. Straighty. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a horror movie. I mean, I like the style. I think it looks beautiful. I love the style. I mean, my when I think of that movie, the thing I always remember is the well, one the black and white, but two the um skateboard. I was like, oh, they gave Dracula a skateboard. That's really (laughs) cool. And then also that that the thing I always remember, just like Vampire Lovers, that beautiful fat kitty. Yeah, (laughs) give me a beautiful fat kitty any day. Mm Hmm. What are they? What are they trying to say? What are they trying to say about lady vampires always having cats? Huh? I don't know. Maybe there's a metaphor. Maybe there's a metaphor. They always we have a cat and a book of carpet samples. That's all they have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. You must be a lady vampire. Yes, they polish each other's breasts. <laughs> wax on, wax off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I want a good one. I want... Give me some costumes. Did you see Byzantium? No. The Neil Jordan one? I wish... I wish they were... Um, I wish they were gay in that. At the, I loved that movie all the way through. And then at <laughs> the end... At the end, like, dudes show up and save them. And I was what? so... I was so pissed. I, I love that movie all the way until that point. I was so pissed. Some of these, you have to turn them off five minutes from the credits. Before they all die. Before they all deaths. die horribly. And then you're like, oh, a happy ending. Hooray. What are we watching yeah. next? <laughs> 
Yeah, all yeah, they they die if at best one of them is left to be the new solo lesbian to walk around beaches and say wistful things. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or to be Susan Sarandon on a balcony and mm-hmm. just so the audience can go, but she died. Why how is she back as a van? This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. He's like, I, like I got to get to the Bernie Sanders fart off. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a fart in at the next Kamala Harris speech. <laughs> fart in. <laughs> Fuck you, Susan Sarandon. I can't wait for the hunger too. It's <laughs> just Susan Sarandon at her fart in. <laughs> playing ping pong with her boyfriend or whatever. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Instead of playing cello, they play ping pong. <laughs> Yeah, with her boyfriend. She's not even a lesbian anymore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Catherine Deneuve shows up and says, ah, I think this Me Too is over at the... Ah, the women have it coming! Yeah, <laughs> It's directed by Roman Polanski. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's just The Hunger 2, out of touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be so good. Oh, God. Yay! So, uh, blood splattered bride. Yeah, which was which I'm jumping ahead in time. That was 1972. What? Can you just give me a brief overview of this since you watched it and I failed to do my job? <laughs> it's it's very it's a great double feature with Daughters of Darkness. It's, God damn it. It's like it's Spanish. Um, you know, young couple marries. They knew known each other since childhood. They go away, and she kind of hates him from the get go. He relentlessly pesters her for sex, um, in like really horrible ways. <laughs> and she's like, "Will you just leave me alone?" Oh dear. Uh, meanwhile, one of his ancestors like murdered her husband on their wedding night, and the new bride is dreaming of this woman. And sure enough, it's Carmilla. And she comes oh. and she comes back and they start having their, you know, moonlight trysts out in the ruins and all of this. And, you know, they're going to kill the husband and blah, blah, blah. And of course, the husband ends up killing them sort of thing. What? Yeah, of course. Oh, I was so I was so here for the deep faggotry of moonlight trysts out by the ruins. <laughs> but it's very like the husband is convinced it's supernatural, and there's a doctor who's like, "No, your wife is falling prey to a predatory lesbian, a pervert." Are you? How well do you know your wife? You know, and it's clear that she just kind of like didn't like him, and maybe liked the ladies all along yeah and so he, he kills it but it's like it's interesting because it's like it's it walks that line of like is this reinforcing that the lesbians are perverts and you know heterosexuality is the way to go or are the men they like the men don't really have the sympathy of the audience in this film yeah yeah see mm, delicious complexity i'm here for it yeah exactly so like at the end he kills them they're sleeping nude in a coffin together Oh my god, just me every Tuesday night. <laughs> exactly, I'm nude in a coffin right now. <laughs> <laughs> he kills them, he kills a young girl who's like 12, who after he kills his wife and Carmilla, this young girl comes in and she's like, you can't kill them, they're never gonna die. And she indicates that she is also one of them. And he kills her as well. And then it ends with a newspaper headline that says, man cuts out heart of three women. 
Wow. And that's the end. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's already, and it's a little weird, and there's some stuff in it that doesn't make sense. And it is, it's another one that's very, like, don't watch it after a lot of weed juice or when you're tired. Because <laughs> it takes, so, it takes a while to get where it's going, you know? So I can never watch this film so, is what you're Yeah, saying. so you can probably never watch it, but. Uh... <laughs> but also, that is really interesting is this idea of, um, to what extent were we supposed to sympathize with the dudes, right? Right, exactly. Or when they're so violent and so, uh, like, th- that's the thing with, um, you know, the Frank Langella Dracula? Yes. Um, I kind of love that version. I was in so ex- in love. I saw that when I was a kid, and I just I thought Lucy was so pretty. Oh, she is. Yeah. She is. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. And I love, I love that in that, like, they were really blunt about it. Like, um, she wants to be with Dracula and these men are monsters. Right. And what they're what they're doing is going against her wishes. They're just like not listening to her as a person. And it's in that one it's very apparent, like well, even then though, it's still not that actually that apparent if it who you're supposed to be, who the protagonist is. Right. Or yeah, wow. Yeah. It's the same thing so, in Daughters of Darkness, that this, you know, lesbianism or monsterism, vampirism, you know, is preferable to male violence. Like, these men treat their wives like shit. Yeah. Oh, and Daughters of Darkness, definitely, I think the critique is much stronger and much yeah. more apparent. Yeah. Um, where it's like, no, this dude, no. No, you guys, no. Right. Well, Blood Spattered Bride <laughs> is, like, the same way. Like, before when they're married, before they've had sex, like, she's a virgin when they get married. And she like uh imagines their first time as like him raping her like she doesn't want him to touch her and so the fact that he's like relentlessly pestering her for sex and he like knocks her around and does all this stuff and she like locks herself away from him to keep away from him so it's like i don't know are we supposed to side with the husband here (laughs) yeah right yeah (laughs) you know so. And just the men in these, how bullheaded and, and boorish and right. awful they are. Like, I, in The Vampire Lovers, I actually did love the doctor that they first send. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, she's fine. Just put some more blood in her. Give her some port. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. It's, I, I love it all the way down to how they how they sort of lampoon that in Dracula Dead and Loving It with uh, Dr. Seward, who's just like, just give him an enema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But these films, like 70, 71, 72, it's like we're at the beginning of the feminist revolution, this sort yeah. of thing. And so it's like, given that they are all made by men, how do we interpret them? Yeah, is this is this sort of like Republicans today where this is maybe hopefully the last death rattle and this is like the last depiction of fears and anxieties of men? Right. Uh, but the men are so monstrous that I can't help but feel it's that they're these are all like Romeo and Juliet movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And like even, I mean, not a vampire film, but like the Stepford Wives does that where the men are, are absolute monsters. Right. Um, but but it's clearly critical of them but in that it's like even a little bit more into the 70s so it's it's interesting to look at this as it shifts chronologically too alongside feminism yes yeah yeah Ooh, i mean so into it yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so jumping back in time 1971 we jump her yeah oh daughters of darkness to daughters of darkness oh my which 
amazing. Uh, I I mean, my notes began with these are some sexy credits. <laughs> <laughs> A nice soft font. Yeah. Like nice uh, thoughtful music. It was just the movie oh, all the way into that purple filter that we see on everything in that opening scene. I was just this movie I I knew this movie was going to be sumptuous. Yeah. Immediately. Yep. And boy, do I feel sumpted. Yeah. <laughs> I've done been sumpted. I've been sumpted. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. I I had no idea what hit me. And on, my experience of watching this film was, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, I'm really here for the, oh, this is kind of long. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. They're at the, why are they at, why is nobody else in this coastal town? Is it literally just four people in this town? What's happened? Oh, God. Oh, no, I'm falling asleep. Oh, oh, I fell asleep. And then I woke up, and then I had to rewind a little bit, and then I said, what? What? (laughs) And then I had to start the whole thing over, (laughs) and made myself pay attention, and I was just blown away. Yeah. Such a delight. How do we even set this film up? But it's... I mean, a young married couple, newlyweds, ends up stranded in a seaside resort. They, like, are the only people there. It's kind of Messiah of Evil, like yeah, it's just Messiah alone. of Evil ish. It's The Shining ish, you know, where you're really isolated in this haunting giant hotel by the sea. It's just you and a concierge who talks too much. Yeah, <laughs> the concierge who kind of won't leave you alone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the next thing you know, this glamorous fucking woman and her equally glamorous companion show up. Oh. Elizabeth Bathory and she sets her sights on the young woman in the couple meanwhile there's been murders happening young women are getting murdered all over the place and no one knows why but everyone loves reading those newspaper articles about it yeah everyone loves indulging in their little morbid curiosities and meanwhile the husband is like extremely violent and got some really dark perversions going on that are coming out he has a lot of issues to work out. He has out. a lot of issues to work out. This movie is sleazy. Yeah. Um it's beautiful. Yeah. It it does such it's definitely that like early 70s like sort of uh god sort of like it it feels like I want to watch this alongside Blood for Dracula the Andy Warhol produced one. Mm. Um cuz they're just like they both have that sexy sleazy uh mid to eastern european thing going on yeah it's all like thing. artful restrained perversion <laughs> yes <know>? yes <laughs> where it's like in lesser hands this would be intolerable but it's like oh it's it, perversion wrapped in a shell of art and you just yeah and it it could so easily be um uh just a a, D- a d-list like x-rated movie yeah in lesser hands yeah. but it is so good and a large part of that owes to delphine Seyrig, who plays elizabeth bathory so <laughs> is this a prequel to carol is my question <laughs> i know right she's like carol i actually wrote that down i'm like carol as a lesbian vampire she literally is carol like yeah and like she the second she shows up, oh my god, and she has that like glittery like f- mesh over her face yeah. and like 
she has that finger waves in her hair yeah those finger waves and she is just like this 20s icon just like she literally is Kate Blanchett and Carol. Yeah, like, absolutely. With an, ac- with an accent. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm so here for it. Yeah, I'm like, you can run me over with your giant 1930s car, like, and I will c- cry <laughs> with gratitude the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely one of those films that's guilty of everyone is a babe. Um, right, yes. I mean, except the concierge. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, oh, I, I was getting, like, yeah, I got Carol vibes from it. I got, like, some weird Pedro Almodovar vibes from it. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of formative DNA in this movie. For sure. For sure. Uh, and, oh, just, the also the 70s-ness. Like, it's, it's, it's set sort of in that indeterminate, is it set in the 70s? Right. I believe it's and, supposed to be, and she's kind of, but she's an anachronism. She's very it. timeless, all the way down to when she shows up to the to this hotel, and the concierge is like, oh, you were here before, when I was a little boy! How could I make it more apparent that you must be a vampire? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that we're not hide. like, I think everybody knows from the get-go. You know, like, oh, the, it's the not a second, mystery. You know. The second this statue of a woman with an <laughs> yeah. accent comes out of... Yeah. And those fingernails. Oh, those nails. And That was my one question, was I was like, I know there's some people that can do it with the nails. Right. But I did appreciate it in Bounds that Jennifer Tilly had short nails. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because there's some practicality there's issues some involved practicality here. There's some practicality issues. But I mean, maybe she. There is a sadistic side to Countess Bathory. Absolutely. So. I mean, she does have her amoral. She's amoral ultimately. I mean, look at Ilona, her poor, sad familiar com- slash companion, whatever you want to call her, who has a perfect bob cut. Yeah, she's amazing. She is like seventies <clears throat> European Angelina Jolie with a perfect bob. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. She ends up, you know, dumped in a hole on the beach <laughs> when she dies and outlives her usefulness, you know? It's so funny how they dispense of the bodies in this, too. They, they literally just throw them off of things or roll them away. <laughs> yeah. And even that, I feel like, show that that is so present in so many vampire movies to come, where it's kind of comical, the disposing of the body. Right. And Daughters of Darkness really kind of, I think, established some of that. Yeah um yeah yeah it's a huge like for only being a year after vampire lovers it feels like such a huge step forward oh it's a giant jump you know? i mean conceptually and how it's filmed the the the, the sheer artistry of the style yeah it's um, super deliberate like it's eroticism at- like i think vampire lovers is deliberate in its eroticism but yes. daughters of darkness is like we're gonna make all y'all horny with these people Oh yeah. Well, and Daughters yeah. of Darkness is almost too deliberate in its eroticism. Yeah. <laughs> like to the like we said like to the catatonia kind of moment love scene. Right. Um and this actually it's sort of like that call me by your name thing. Isn't isn't there isn't as much of the on-screen right like outward eroticism, but right. the energy and how it's filmed and the chemistry involved in making it just brings it that much more to the forefront than even in vampire lovers yes yeah i agree yeah and i think i delphine Seyrig is so phenomenal 
But I think oh, she's if it was anyone else in that role, it wouldn't be nearly as successful. Yeah, no, she it, it the the whole movie depends on her. Yeah, especially I mean, and here's the thing: I loved Valerie, like the main character in this film. Um, but it it is kind of a wooden performance to some degree. Yeah, it's like her. Fr- I mean, I don't think I think it's only like her second film or something. Yeah, to me, like that was part of the appeal of it, though, and of the character. Yeah. Was that she just sort of, she's just sort of existing as these things happen to her. Yes. Um, and so the wood, the sort of woodenness of the performance kind of, for me, helped make that. But but it definitely, the whole, and, and Ilana, um, with the bob haircut, like, she doesn't really get to do much. She doesn't get to talk too much. Right. Um, and then the husband is just, Stefan is just a monster. Yeah. <laughs> So the whole film really does hang on Delphine yeah. and her performance. But, you know, she's wielding that feather boa like a cape. Oh my like, that is her vampire oh. cape is a feather fucking boa. <laughs> like, oh, and that, that silver, silver dress. dress. <laughs> oh, with that with that neckline, I was just oh like, God. what the shit is happening? Like, this movie is a fashion show and in, in an art house European sex fest and... yeah. Oh, I am just in love. It's so good. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is also with these films is like you know these the young women, the nubile young bride, like leaves the husband or is taken away from the monstrous husband, but they're also being manipulated by the predatory lesbian. But I'm yep. fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it too. Like, I'm fine with that. But that's the thing. It's, it's like you... Also, there is something to be said about, you know, respecting your elders and older people <laughs> know better. Well, not in the case of the baby boomers, but like, you know, there there's some wisenedness that comes with age, right. I'd like to believe. And maybe this lesbian vampire who's been around for hundreds of years does actually, you know, she can be a little cruel and a little forceful but that's because she's been there she knows what's gonna happen she knows how this is gonna play out right and is it worth it yes yes like my <laughs> god look at her listen to her like she's carol she's lesbian car- lesbian vampire carol come on she's just one train set away <laughs> from being kate blanchett it's true she's got the cape she's got everything else <laughs> So let's talk about the husband for a moment. Oh, Stefan, I have so many questions. Yeah, I yeah. this this is like kind of a Malcolm McDowell performance where I'm simultaneously repulsed by this guy and also want him to beat me. So yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. Well, part of the whole thing before uh, Elizabeth Bathory enters the scene, even. There's a point of contention within the newlywed couple because he is supposedly an aristocrat type and he has not told his mother that he's gotten married or that this woman he's married even exists. And he's like, my mother's not going to like you. Mother, Like, let's just ignore mother. And she's like, no, like, I want to know your family. Please call your mother. Please call your mother. And so he keeps putting it off. All the way to the point where we get, we get, um, we get to the hotel. She wants him to call the Lady Chilton, who's his mother, which is such a great name, Lady Chilton. <laughs> and and he goes to the concierge and he he says, "Here, call my mother. Here's the number." And on the note, they zoom in, and the note says, "Say 
say there was no reply. Right. And then he hand he hands him a little more money as a bribe yeah. to keep up this lie. Yeah. So what So what is he hiding? What is happening? And there? we eventually find out. That's when I so when I said I fell asleep, that's when I woke up. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and I said, What? <laughs> Record scratch? I stopped everything. I touched that dial. I tuned it back. I adjusted my antenna because I was watching this on free TV. <laughs> um, free Blu-ray transmission. And oh my god. So so Stefan calls mother and it's it's I I still am it's I'm unsure in the character motivation of what Stefan thought how thought Stefan thought this was gonna go by actually calling mother um mother it turns out is a big old purple made up homosexual sitting in his sunroom with his manservant uh basically making out with his flowers <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's it's funny because i immediately went and was just like googling like about, i was like typing in stefan's mother which immediately auto completed in google because enough people have watched this film and had the same thing <laughs> this character is up there next to the aunt in sleepaway camp in terms of the right. sheer the sheer what the fuck is happening who is this i need to know more right um, and so a lot of people read this as actually being Stefan's mother and that Stefan oh. was raised was raised by this crazy gay person who it, 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 they have some weird family. But it's so I, I mean, I don't know how you would come to that conclusion because right. it's so obvious. Stefan has fled from his gay relationship. Yep. And has fled from his like his wealthy boyfriend who maybe was his sugar daddy. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it was it was so funny listening to Mother, who they still call Mother, mm-hmm. be like, oh, what are we going to do with her? How will we bring her into this relationship? Mm-hmm. And you can't, like, I mean, Mother's saying, you know, what you've done is unrealistic. Yeah. Like, yeah. is Stefan yeah, trying to, like, is Stefan is so closeted and, what, self-loathing that he tries to force himself into this heterosexual relationship and ends up hating her and turning violent against her? He beats her. He when it when it comes down to that scene with Ilona, um, he was it was it the running water thing? I always thought yeah. that it was stream. Yeah, it was, I always thought it was streams that vampires couldn't yeah, cross. Yeah, I think it, I think it's running water. I think that. But was it the applies it, it applies to shower faucets as yeah, well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and he tries to pull her into the shower. They have like a sex. She comes to because you know the vampires are sort of dividing and conquering. Right. Um, even though there is also a great swinger vibe, a 70s swinger vibe going on with them as two couples. Right. Um, and she, he pulls her into the shower and she's screaming. And it's like, it reads as a sequence. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's interesting that he can only, he's running from his homosexuality and then his only, I mean, this is probably, I mean, it is a negative portrayal, obviously, but it, there, I think there's some reality to it where... Oh. The only way that he knows how to subsume and to ignore his homosexuality is by violently dominating and attacking women. Yes. And that's the only way he can relate to them intimately. Right. Because he's taking out what he's feeling about his own self on them. Right. And I, it's interesting, when, like, the director, Harry Kumo, I'm, pr- I'm 99% sure is gay. And he's got to be. He's got to be. And when you look at the whole picture that way, it's like Elizabeth Bathory is who she is. 
And whether you regard her as a monster or whatever, she's very open with her desires and her relationships and all of this. And she's completely unapologetic about it versus Stefan. And so the whole thing is like at the end, like at the end, Elizabeth Bathory ends up dead. Like, you know, she's impaled because she makes Valerie too horny in the car. And the next thing you know, (laughs) the sun is out. And Valerie crashes the car and Elizabeth ends up dead. They both end up dead yeah. somehow. But Elizabeth lives on in Valerie. And so she's timeless. She's immortal. She lives forever. And she was very openly homosexual. Yeah. Versus and it, That ending was really shocking to me because I thought she was just going to burn up in the car, like, like near dark or something. Yeah. But then they go the extra step and like, oh, just in case... Now she's going to fly out of the car and get impaled on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just in case the car is going to explode. Yeah. And then just in case the car is suddenly no longer exploded, but now it's all going to reignite. And now she's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust us. She's dead. <laughs> she's dead, but she still lives. Yeah, yeah, that was nice that she's still, there was sort of a transference there. I mean, Um, so there is the whole message of just like, you know, be yourself, be out. Yeah, and you too can survive death rather than having to force yourself on women violently. Exactly. Don't don't force yourself on people. Just be gay and live forever. See, it's a little sentinel there, right? There's like, there's the dark path. Which is like you don't want you don't want to sit there with your crucifix or with your with your shower heads that you torture lesbians with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to take the high road and maybe end up impaled on a stick, but at least you'll be in gay heaven right. with <laughs> with your fellow peeps, That's right? right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is really fascinating looking at it as that as those parallel paths of the two lovers that Valerie has. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, fucking mother. Mothers and tell her mother's sins regards. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was screaming. <laughs> well, screaming. I mean, it's so funny. What do you expect? You expect like some dowager. I mean, you get one, I guess. But like you expect the typical, like, I don't know, a Maggie Smith type. Yes. Who's I just really a rich thought, snob who doesn't I really it. thought. What have you done? No, we can't have an elopement in the family. And you kind of get that, but we got that. But it was of from a flamboyant homosexual, yeah, Yeah. who looks like um uh, like a a Wizard of Oz character, (laughs) yeah, but who's living a fucking life, man? Oh my god! Like the way, the way, even before we meet the character, and the way just the hand comes out from behind the chaise lounge, (laughs) and there's, and it faily like presents itself to the manservant with the ring on its finger. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I was, I was one hundred percent here for it. Yeah. It's like I said about the Hammer films with Ingrid Pitt and Christopher Lee. It's like these films, if they're meant to make homosexuality and all that look bad, they do a really poor job of it. Yeah. Because all of these lesbian vampires are unbelievable goddesses of women. Oh, they're fucking perfect. (laughs) Mother is like, I want to fucking hang out with Mother. Mother is everything. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do a convention with Mother and with the aunt from Sleepaway Camp, and we're just gonna figure out the best ways to torment the people closest to us. 
while looking stylish. Yeah. So it's like if these are, you know, from the Family Values Association or whatever, if they're sponsoring these films, they're going about it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Your message is Once not again. getting across. Yeah, we got the very wrong message from this <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. I did in looking up in, after watching this, I was looking up um, you know, as I was typing, looking up Stefan's mother and all of that. Um the the search term mother triggered an article that came up that uh the director is still around and is apparently it said this summer, like summer of 2018, so this last summer they were going to begin filming Mothers of Darkness, a sequel. What? Yeah, and I don't know if that's still happening, but I'm just going to put it in the zeitgeist. It'll probably be terrible, but I will watch it. Fuck yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> like, I want to see where it goes. Yeah. I want to see. Oh my god, it's called Mothers of Darkness. Oh, I hope it's Mother. <laughs> A mother it's for like... a new generation. Yeah, it's like Mrs. Dalloway, but just like this this homosexual shopping and also maybe becoming a vampire. I, that would be great. <laughs> if it's as like one eighth as stylish as Daughters of Darkness, like sign me the fuck up. Oh, the style, those outfits, those outfits. That, that silver, that silver also, dress is so... That silver dress was everything. Yeah. And then Valerie's like, I love Valerie's like constant, she was like, she was literally Emma Frost throughout the whole movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like in that full-on white queen style. Yeah. I was just like, what is happening? And st- even even Stefan, like as vile and disgusting as he is, part of why I was so attracted to him was his- um, Sunglasses? His, his sunglasses and his little red robe. Yeah, his, little, like, <laughs> his shorty robe. His little mid-thigh red, little red riding hood robe that there, it was like, there was always a, a almost a glimpse right. hanging out. <laughs> everybody and that applies to this whole film is everybody there's like almost a glimpse hanging out yeah even like when uh bathory retires to her her hotel room and ilona is standing and there's just almost a glimpse of every part of her from behind the the door frame yep oh yeah this movie this is a movie that's like it it would be a good date night movie yes because there would be much doing (laughs) after the film i'm all horny now (laughs) i'm sorry look i'm really horny but i still have to leave (laughs) they just shut the castle door (laughs) damn it to make this film <laughs> oh man oh. the lesbian vampire she's just like she's just swiping through tinder <laughs> <laughs> so swiping left yeah <laughs> why isn't this working said i want there to be a le- like give me more lesbian vampires clearly so come on uh I- instead of doing a new what we do in the shadows make a lesbian vampire version of that <laughs> yeah. it'd be so good it's true hmm. it'd be so good 
I'm here for this genre. I love it. it. I love it. Daughters of Darkness especially, really. Vampire Lovers was great. Daughters of Darkness really blew my mind. Yeah. And... Daughters oh, of Darkness just, is in a class of its own. Like, it's... I just... I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, this should be my aesthetic for the next two years of my life, you know? Yeah. I, oh, I just, absolutely. I, you need to track down that silver dress. It's probably in oh, the Smithsonian. I'm, I'm telling it you. It should be. I, it should be. It should be there next to the ruby slippers. It is <laughs> just... It's amazing. It, oh, yeah. it, and those finger waves with it. It's just, oh. Yeah. Style. Yeah. That's actually my notes in huge letters. I just wrote so stylish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I wrote down a line from the movie that really cracked me up. It was, I thought you'd left us all alone in this huge drafty hole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what that section was from, but I thought that line said a lot about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, says a lot about the genre. Yep, this is so full of huge drafty holes. So, on that note, <laughs> waka waka, waka waka. Do we have a listener question, Stacy? We do. Oh come on, it's listener time. Listener time. This week's question comes from Casey, and if you enjoy this show, or if you hate this show. I guess you should thank Casey because Casey is my friend who pushed me into doing a podcast and I said no and Casey said you gotta do a podcast because I like to listen to podcasts so do one and I said no <laughs> and then I started to come around but I was like what am I gonna do I don't I don't want to just listen to myself talk and he was like you gotta do a podcast and then the name Anthony Hudson popped into my mind <laughs> <laughs> and i said i'm gonna see if anthony wants to do it with me and here we are <laughs> so, 16 episodes later 16 episodes later whether you love us or hate us it's all casey's fault well wow, thanks a lot casey so, wow. <laughs> yeah so thanks casey <laughs> uh, yeah okay so casey's question is if you could have any character from any movie on the show who would you want to talk to slash interview oh my god oh my god this is so hard because i just think of all the perfect queens yeah it took me a fraction of a second a hey second who Susie banyan are you kidding me oh my god mine's helena marcos <laughs> Yours would be, your interview would be full, full, and like, mostly, well, actually, no. no, mostly no, I'd be like, do you want to have a, do you, should we kiss now? <laughs> would you like to see my castle? Yeah, would, you, <laughs> would you fancy a peep at me bloomers? <laughs> I know how to polish boobs. I polish them up that. real nice and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the, in the other room, you just hear, <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah helena marcus would be a good one but i feel like i'd have to oh that's not gonna sound good at all i feel what? like i'd have to keep her moist <laughs> <laughs> like like Ex a reptile externally she looks like she yeah you have to like hose her you down. have to keep spraying yeah. her with the with misting her like an airplane yeah doesn't she look like that <laughs> or a turtle yeah. <laughs> like the 
produce section at the grocery store. <laughs> She's just sitting up there every now and then. Yeah. It just goes. <laughs> <laughs> for me <sighs> well that that is a good reason to not have a guest on the show <laughs> because you would have to miss them yeah we've got some guests in our lineup i should make sure none of them need to be well they're not it's not like we have a studio what do i care if they want to miss <laughs> on their own time that's fine <laughs> listen you gotta sign a mist waiver and you have to take responsibility <laughs> yeah, for we it. don't do no misting around here <laughs> there's a lot of things i will do what i won't do misting <laughs> Not on this podcast, not any day, no how. Excuse Okay, first question. Do you need to be kept moist? <laughs> She's moist for you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, I guess we're dating now. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Listen, I can officiate a wedding. I signed a form on the internet. <laughs> it's true. So, do you, Helena Marcos, to blah blah? blah. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. That's a yes. <laughs> you, Casey Ponder, promise to love, cherish, and mist. <laughs> Helena Marcos. I guess so. <laughs> She carries me in her baby arm over the threshold. (laughs) Oh, I need Susie to erase my brain now. (laughs) I've been undone. (laughs) We've been undone by this question. Thanks, Casey. Oh, that's so beautiful. It is. (sighs) <sighs> it's, that's why God invented gay marriage. This is true. Yeah, just to spite um, everyone and to, to, to allow for <laughs> Stacy's future misting matrimony. What's next? Goats? <laughs> Lizards? Who are you going to miss next? Air plants? <laughs> the romaine lettuce? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Helena Marco sitting in the kale section. <laughs> Is her little head popping out like a little cabbage patch can? <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm broken. This is not art. This is produce. This is produce. <laughs> If that's not deserving of a one-star review on iTunes, I don't know what is. <laughs> ah, that's true. Yeah, we leave us a review. Leave us a star rating. Something like that. Ask us. 
ask us a question. I'm sorry. I'm. I've moisted myself at this point. I done moisted myself. Just turn it off. I can't. For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha <laughs> ha